I'm recording. I'm recording. Rick, should we also? Yeah. Should we also clap? Do time dot is clap. I clap. Time dot is clap. I clap. Does it? Is it hard to sync things up, Adam? No, it's always pretty easy. Okay. Also, okay. isn't clapping so you can sync like audio and visuals? Does it make a difference for? Well, we're all recording. But, Maybe but if different. we're already talking once it started, the noise is already like. Yeah, I can already pretty much tell like by people reacting to people where it's supposed to line up. Mm-hmm. Tricked. All right. What if I re- start reacting backwards? <laughs> Don't do that. I'd be well, so that would be very by weird. That <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, wow, you're psychic. <laughs> what if I started reacting backwards? Oh my god, here it starts. What if I started reacting backwards? <laughs> this is like, how it yeah. starts. This is how it starts. This is cancelled. Uh, okay, uh, I, I, is I think it it's easy to sync up the audio usually. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Is it Dune? What if I started reacting backwards? <laughs> can he can can you make him leave the the chat. Yeah, I, think I, I started this him? chat right. So I'll still I be just... on the recording. I'll still be on the yeah. recording. Remove from meeting. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious what song to sing from this movie. Um, One I'm of the standing three songs next that are... to a mountain. <laughs> chop it down with the edge of my hand. <laughs> It's a joke because they sing Born in Flames like 50 times. Oh. Yeah. There's only three songs. Oh, I did songs the one that they only movie. played one time. Sorry. Whoa. Oh. Are you talking about Dune? No, why would I be talking? <laughs> why are you talking about Dune? We're not there yet. <laughs> That's my favorite song from outro. Dune. <laughs> uh, I don't remember any of the songs from Dune. Dune. You know, you all were really... dun- you were all dunking on Dune so hard in that episode. Kind of like Dune. Just we like... were dunking on Dune. You were all we dunking were, on we Dune. Confused. You were Dune King. We were trying to understand that movie that doesn't want to be understood. <laughs> I'm fighting against the movie to try to even know what's going on there. That was hard, but I learned a lot. Thank you, Nara. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you, Fergus. Yeah. Thank you, Fergus. Yes. The ghost of Fergus. <laughs> I mean. What happened to him? Anyway, um, we are born in flames. <laughs> we are born in flames. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm your attempt to do the, the like high high. Yeah, I can go higher. <laughs> we oh, do it. are born in flames. You just broke Whoa. my headphones. Even come, fully come through. <laughs> my headphones exploded. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, oh. I'm pretty sure we're Is It Whack, a movie podcast. Oh. We are oh. Is It Whack. We are Is It Whack. <laughs> Bravo. Very nice. Bravo. Um, yeah, what do we do on this cast? What do we, what do we talk about? Movies. Films. Yeah. Films, movies, whackness. Debate their whackness. Oh, yes. We do debate. And is there a set rule for whackness? No. Unfortunately. <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> 
never. <laughs> there never will be. If somebody wants to like go back and listen to all the episodes and like take notes on how we define whack and try and come up with like yeah. a, I want an, a is it whack definition of study done on yeah it. I, <laughs> yeah I would love you forever if you did that yeah if you Thank do you. that you can be a guest on an episode probably like or even if you, if you don't do that, absolutely you'll probably get to be a guest on an episode too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that too it may surprise people if they've listened this far, but it's actually not a super structured podcast. It's not super planned out, despite what it may no. sound like. We actually hey. are just, like, really good writers and have, like, carefully written this and rehearsed it, like, a ton. We've actually been working on this yeah, podcast. It's like, since it's like marriage story. These are characters. Sometimes we get... We're method acting. Sometimes Every we get 46 in minutes in and we have to restart because someone messed up their line. Yeah. So, yeah. Just <laughs> listeners, yeah, precise. please take it appreciate what we're doing for this pod. you guys have never seen him but we have a little director man who's sitting there in silence like with his hands like kind of he's just like hmm. in all of our houses <laughs> it's not whack enough your whackness levels down here it needs to be up here he always says that yeah to me. And like, i don't know if adam's character would really do it that way so <laughs> what's your motivation i don't know here? if he'd be able to go that high <laughs> <laughs> yeah adam actually did vocal training for like two years before this bit just yeah, to just to do that little singing yeah. <laughs> uh, who are we i'm funky hi hi funky uh, and it's just me on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Funky is the world's greatest voice actor. (laughs) WTF with Funky. Well, Funky, let me um, um, follow up from you saying your name by me saying my name, which happens to be Adam. Hello. Hi. Hi. How was your uh, (laughs) week, your last two weeks? I wasn't here last week, so I I miss all of you. Are the rest of us chopped I'm... liver? <laughs> we didn't even get to introduce Funke ourselves. Funke is the only host. <laughs> You're like, now that the two of us are here. <laughs> Once you all introduce yourselves, then you can talk about your week. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Hannah. Is anyone else here? <laughs> I'm Hannah. I'm here. Um, Hi, Hannah. Hey, Hannah. Thank you. Hi, Hannah. My week How was your week? It's fine. It was, I mean, it was like... I've had better weeks. I've had worse weeks. This one will not go down in history. Wow. That's a classic week. Yeah. Oh, weeks. <laughs> you know how they are. <laughs> I'm Seb. Hi, Seb. Hey. And your week? That's all right. Don't call him weak. <laughs> Seb, you know he's the governor weak. just called. He for. says you're weak. <laughs> oh, the governor's <laughs> turning against Seb. Oh my god. No. Seb became the so much less buff. The governor kicked sand in my face on the beach, but he'll be sorry. <laughs> One day when I get buff. When you get buff again. Hi, I'm Nara. Yep. Hey. How's it Hi, going? Nara. It's fine. What? Nice. Yes or no? Guys. Week. Week? <laughs> yeah. It, it may have happened. Okay. That's. I hope Sometime- so. And in terms Sometime- of, sorry, sorry, Funke, please oh, go on. I, I just wanted to say something quick about um, sometimes how I'm just like laying in bed and I think about how one of you guys said that someone said that we all sound the same. And yeah. like, I really don't think we do. No. I genuinely like, I'm always like, 
No, like I've been on podcasts where people sound the same, but like I swear we have different voices. Literally, this keeps Funke up at night. We we don't have a baritone. We need a baritone. Yeah, we do need a baritone. <laughs> oh, we did the same bit at the same Shit. time. Now we have three baritones, <laughs> and no one's gonna tell us apart. We are all the same. How, My would, God. How, how would you each describe your vocal like, like? characteristics like how do you talk like i feel like i have oh, a distinct a voice question. i make sounds with my mouth okay <laughs> people have told me i'm monotone <laughs> yeah you are sick <laughs> do i sound like sid the sloth from ice age no, no. no apparently no. you sound like adam i do in my mind yeah apparently we do <laughs> so we should say some. okay say something and then i'll say the same thing and then okay you know we'll see how similar we sound what if I react backwards? What if I react backwards? You don't no. say. You're trying to sound I'm, like him. Adam has more like energy. Like Adam's voice has a different. But you know, mm. now that I think about Thank it, you. you guys kind of look the same too. And I'm also thinking that maybe I've wow. never seen you in the same place at the same time. <laughs> That's absolutely mm. not true. You've I... <laughs> been in the same place. And Many like, times. Maybe. I've never seen anyone in the same place in the past maybe year. Maybe you guys are both just funky voicing oh. you. Oh I'm just, gosh. I'm calling back oh, to our God. earlier joke. This... My yeah. bit is not <laughs> well good. planned out. I'm going to leave. <laughs> Goodbye. No, it's a good, it's a good no, bit. No, no. It was, it was badly scripted. Oh, so. I know. Yeah. The writing, <laughs> you know, writers. what are you going to do? We work with what we have. <laughs> Wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. Oh my gosh, I'm getting an alert from my phone. Um, oh, wow. What is it? It looks like it is still time to talk about Dune, even though we had a full episode. Whoa. It. it looks like it's Dune part two. Dune oh time. my gosh. Dune. Um, to Dune. To Dune. To Dune. Yeah, two. that's good. You got, you got it. <laughs> Thank two, you. Zero, zero, yeah. N. If you're listening to this podcast... How do you when think Dune out? is spelled? I <laughs> know, but it's the sequel, so it's two, it's like two lander. That's the... But two lander is still spelled no, like Zoolander. No, two lander was spelled two zero zero l i n t e r zero zero. Okay, Funke was trying to structure this podcast there. Now, now look what's that. Last week we talked about Dune on our on the show. The David. The David Lynch film from Still. the 80s. And Two O's? in that time, yeah. Yeah. the trailer for Denis Villeneuve's Wait, Dune. Wait, Hannah thinks Dune is spelled D O O N. Come out. <laughs> like Dune. So Dunes. we're going to have a quick well, conversation it was like Doom about the Dune trailer. Because I thought it was called Dune for to, a long time. To give a little it's button sand on Dune. the I don't know. I don't know anything about this movie. Last week. There's too many things I love, happening. I love that God gave me two ears so I can listen to two conversations. <laughs> I know, Adam, you have time. to edit this. I'm sorry, but... I... <laughs> I'll bring us back. I'll bring us back. What? I'm not the zeros. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Anna thought Dune was spelled D zero zero N. I got it confused with Simone. <laughs> no. Look. Well, okay. Trailer for the new Dune movie is out. That it. Who is. watched it? Oh, I watched it. I didn't. Luke made me watch it. 
Is Luke pumped I haven't for watched it? it? He's a big Denis fan. Yeah, Luke's right? excited. Nara, you didn't watch it? Wife. I didn't watch it. My friend sent me two screen caps from it, and the color correction made it look like it was raining, but then there's no rain on Arrakis, so I was like, what? And yeah. It's the desert planet. Everyone knows that Arrakis, the desert planet, does not have rain. The um, water is a finite resource there. Wow. I do not dangerous. know that because I don't know what Dune is. I don't know how it's spelled. <laughs> if only there was a podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to... Well, thanks for I, just you, in... I don't listen to the episodes where I haven't seen the movie, and I don't Can... want to see the movie right now. I... Watch the movies. But... You don't watch and it. And listen don't... to the podcast. Like, just saying that Hannah might not know what's going on, but we didn't know what was going on either when we recorded that episode. <laughs> After made... watching the movie, too. I... <laughs> I'm intrigued about this new Dune because I really, I like the director and I like me some Timothy Chalamet, but that's, I'd never heard of it until they were like, they're remaking it. And I was like, they're remaking what? Why? They're remaking. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was called Doom, even though I guess it is spelled D-U-N-E. You guess? Okay, it is. (laughs) If we're being technical. Uh, it's, hmm. What are, okay, people that watched it, what did you think? What did you, did do you, you guys like know it? who Lights Camera Jackson is? I love no. Lights Camera Jackson. That's my guy. He's so funny. Lights Camera, Lights Camera Jackson was like this weird kid film critic who was, I would be on like uh, morning shows and he was like 12, but then he just kept reviewing movies on his YouTube channel and he's really bad at understanding movies and what they are hey. and stuff. I but like he has very, Jackson. He has a very like so uh, he has this like broadcaster voice that he puts on that's very strange where he kind of reads everything in the same way. Mm-hmm. And there was a montage of him trying to pronounce Villeneuve's name that was oh. going around Twitter. Oh and gosh. at one point he says, My favorite director, Dennis Villanueva. <laughs> <laughs> Link me this, please. Yeah. I'll try Does that, that guy do two thumbs up? Or is that a different uh, person? I don't know. I think he gives like grades, like school grades. I think we should get him oh, on the that's pod. Cool. Yeah, Can we, we try to get him, on the pod? To get him on the pod? He's so oh, he's so weird. <laughs> Cut out what Seb said about him. I think him. he's a Republican. <laughs> Ooh. Well, we can change Wait, that. Wait, there are His people are who cool. like movies that are Republicans? I thought. <laughs> also, also, he's not a kid anymore. He's like 20 something now wait there but he still pretends to be a kid there are kids no he doesn't pretend to be a kid he's just he's just like (laughs) he just speaks very like matter-of-factly he's like uh adam do you actually like lights camera jackson yeah i kind of like him (laughs) you actually watch the videos i mean i don't watch all of them but you know if they pop up on my youtube they're like one minute long (laughs) i think he's like my age (laughs) oh my god you guys are the same which is my isn't that (laughs) Wait, Funke, are you 98? Yes. Okay, never mind. I thought you were 21. Shut up, Seth. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thoughts on this Dune trailer? (laughs) Seb, you want to start? It's so washed out, you know? Like, it's so gray and everything. And a lot of the stuff looks cool. And I think the movie is probably going to be good. But, like... Like, Denny, I feel like sometimes he just puts this, like, really gloomy aesthetic on everything. And it probably fits the story and whatever, but, like, 
I really like his Blade Runner, and that one's pretty gloomy, but it is also very colorful, and, like, I think it looks much more interesting than, than this. Yeah. Is my main impression of the trailer. Yeah. I also did feel like it's all dark, it's all gray and black, and pretty emo. Mm-hmm. But I do hope, because, like, the original dude had some very nice color in it and like used color pretty oh nara what's up question if i watch the trailer am i gonna watch it and be like this is just color corrected like twilight and in that case should i just watch twilight instead of watching the trailer (laughs) i feel like it's darker (laughs) yeah right now i'm gonna (laughs) okay Uh, yeah it's even grayer than twilight yeah but i think i I... arrival's really gray yeah arrival's pretty gray arrival is so ugly and, yeah, and but it's looking pretty at it. uh, yellow. Monotone. Yeah, it's like yellowy, not gray, but it feels very like but, monochromatic. Yeah. I hope that with what uh, the original Dune showed, like it had a lot of color and like big set pieces that I don't know were visually striking. I think that this one could do that, but I would assume that you would put stuff like that in the trailer. So I am kind of like, are they not going to use color in cool ways? <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think they probably will. I mean, I think it is going to be like an ultra serious take that's going to strip away like the the silliness and the fun campiness that I did enjoy in the David Lynch film. And mm-hmm. that's fun. I mean, there's a lot of movies that do that that I don't like. There's some movies that I that do that that want to take like a more uh, ultra serious approach that I I do enjoy. So. I don't know. I'm holding out hope. I wasn't like super, super pumped when I saw the trailer, but I wasn't like totally put off either. I was like, this could, mm-hmm. this could be, this could be good. This could be good. Yeah. The I think worm I looks guess... pretty cool. Hmm. I don't like the worm. Whoa, Why not? Cool. I, 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 it just feels like the old ones are like, and this was like going right at you and it looks kind of weird do like any of gray. these worms look like that giant worm from spongebob no oh. the alaskan bullworm no okay so my interest is... you know what the worm in the in the <laughs> david lynch one kind of does a little bit you guys instantly know what worm this is yeah of course it's like so. less of a cartoon, but like yeah. My only reference it, for like worm is the worm from SpongeBob, I guess. You you seen Beetles Beetlejuice? Yeah, but I don't remember. Those it looks like those worms. I don't remember. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's look up what the worm looks like. <laughs> I'm using my computer to do this, Seb. Seb, why are you so on Hannah's case right now? I don't know. I saw him yesterday. We had a great time. We're supposed to be best (laughs) friends. And now I guess, like, I'm dead to him. Seb! It's just, it takes two minutes to watch the I gave you my second last Pocky. And this is how you treat her? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ugh. Um, I want to talk a bit about the, the cast. Watching this movie or trailer for the movie after seeing like the old one recently, I was like, "Whoa! Like, this is crazy. They act. They're actually making this." Um, because I guess I just haven't seen anything but the screenshots. But Timothy Chalamet's in this. I know. Like, for real. And Zendaya's in this. For I real. Know. <laughs> I was kind of hyped the more and more people showed up in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So many. The, the only like they got stars in this. 
crazy. The only reason I even know what this movie is is because Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya are in (laughs) this version of it. I had never heard of Dune, and it's the only reason I had heard of Dune was because that's just good. It's just good marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I think getting famous people in your film good marketing. Yeah, but also. (laughs) But I mean, like these are specifically like people that I'm like, oh, they're doing that. I'm interested. And also, like, mm. yeah, I don't know. And then people thought they were dating because they were hanging out on set. And I was like, whoa, power couple. But they're not dating. But Shame. Oh. Well, Zendaya, Tell if you're Zendaya. listening, I am here. I'm ready to talk. <laughs> um, but I do think with the casting, Zendaya, she's playing... Um, Chani? The, what is, what's her name? Chani? The is character that, that didn't sh- have anything yeah. in the first movie. The, the yeah. Sean Young character in the original. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one the one from the Fremen. Yeah. Uh I feel like I don't know, they'll force that character to have something more interesting than the first movie. And also I just feel yeah. like the movie's gonna make more sense. And that's honestly what I'm <laughs> excited about the most. All these people <laughs> on it, I feel like they're not gonna be like tell something weird. They'll be like, okay. I really let's make sure the audience understands. I kind of hope they do. Like, I kind of hope no! Dune just becomes just like eternal. Like, makes <laughs> no sense. Want to see Timothy Chalamet doing some like really surrealist piece? You know. I had, but that's like, why I wanted to to look more out there because if it makes no sense, I don't want to be looking at these like dark hallways the whole movie. You know. You know what? I don't think I can have any opinions. <laughs> you like dark hallways. And not not without context. Oh, I love a dark hallway. Give me more dark hallways. <laughs> no if context. Two, you just watch two and a movie. half hours of dark hallways. Yeah. Isn't that that like Chantal Ackerman? No, that's hotels. Never mind. You would love those Marvel Netflix shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot all about those. My favorite film is uh, Wavelength. All right, niche joke there. Did that not was land. So niche. my favorite film is. Um, live stream of my dark hallway <laughs> <laughs> by Tommy <laughs> my dark hallway <laughs> that wasn't I don't know what I just did but it wasn't Tommy was I know I don't know why I said hallway that way but I did I liked it thank you it's a nice little touch to the title Thank you. I want people to know whose voice it is. So now I'm adding weird inflections to my voice. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, ver- verdict on the do on the Dune trailer is it whack? It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I don't think it doesn't it's whack. look very whack at all. It actually looks like it no, strips no. away all the whackness of Dune. <laughs> yeah. To try and make it. Um, but keeps uh, the as, name. Yeah. But you know, we'll see. Like I've I heard. Said, though... I think it could be good. I think it could be cool. It. I, I'm still kind of excited. And I've heard the books are fairly serious. Like maybe this is more faithful or whatever. I'm not saying it's it's bad because it looks darker. I'm just not as interested. Mm-hmm. Well, that concludes our Dune Minute at the start of the episode, folks. <laughs> yeah, our oh one God. minute. <laughs> Next week, get, get ready, come back. We're going to review the uh, miniseries released in 2004. Oh no. Oh, no. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> only, only for the Dune Minute. Only for the Dune Minute. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm signing out, folks. Bye, Funke. Okay. Bye. Bye Funke. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Nice um, talking to you. Have, on your podcast. You're Bye. the host. <laughs>
Uh, well, I'll be back for another Dune Minute next week, folks. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah, we stuck Dune at the start of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never number exhaust one, that. Number one Dune resource? <laughs> You know what? Let's you get. You guys like Leto of Atreides? What? You guys like Leto of Atreides the second? What? Who? Who's the new Leto Atreides? What? I think it's uh, Josh Brolin. All right. No. <laughs> I don't know. Great. Awesome. Great casting. Love that casting. Movies. Uh, somebody of that nature. Uh. So. Uh. Um. <clears throat> Now we're on to the main event. Now we're on to the main event of this <laughs> podcast. Uh, we're talking about We are born in place. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got worse. Uh, you know, if we no. had sponsors, this would be like the perfect ad break moment, but no oh, one wants to we give should us do an money. Ad, we should do an ad break. Can we right. do an ad break? Oh, let's just do an ad, ad break for, up with the podcast. An ad for things we like. Okay, what's what, like, like not just, paid, but and not even for brands. Just like this is a th- what I need. Like, I don't what should know. people pay attention to? Well, like no one pays attention to this. We should just do an ad for this show. In our <laughs> ad break. Listen to Is It Whack, the best podcast. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> okay. Thank you to our sponsor. Us. Uh, uh, thank you to, uh, yeah, I don't, I got nothing. We yeah. should stop avoiding talking about this movie. I like this movie a lot. I don't know why we're not talking about it. It's a good movie. Let's get into it. <laughs> I like this movie. I think it's about heavy stuff. So I'm not like raring to make jokes about it. About <laughs> Born yeah, in Flames. Awesome. All the jokes might uh, go like this. Wait, we were making all these jokes, right? I'm making a, fi- a thing with my... I'm just going to stop. <laughs> Adam was trying was to do a visual representation. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do an like, audio this visual medium. bit. And then I was like, it's just not worth it. I'm going to try to explain it and it just wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. Nah, we can make some jokes. We'll make jokes. We can make jokes. Where do we, where we start with this? Where do we start with? The, well, we're talking about why, Born in Flames. Yeah, why don't you tell us why you picked the film? Okay, I I yeah, picked this. Like this. your favorite movie, Nara. This is not my favorite movie. My favorite movie on my letterbox oh. for a while they were uh, SPF eighteen, Too Fast, Too Furious, Paddington two, and <laughs> seven. <laughs> wow, Too Fast specifically. Isn't SPF eighteen the Noah Centineo movie where he house sits for Keanu Reeves? <laughs> yeah, it's a great film. You should all watch it. It's like an hour and five minutes long, perfect length for a movie, in my opinion. Um. Anyway, Born in Flames from nineteen eighty three by Lizzie Borden, not the murderer from the eighteen hundreds, but Lizzie Borden, the film director and artist from the nineteen eighties. Um, mm. I first watched this film. Because some call this is gonna sound so pretentious, but some uh university reps that I talked to from Syracuse University who worked in the video art department were talking to me and they're like, You should watch this movie. I think it'd be good. And then I watched it and it was a good movie and I enjoyed it. And thank you to Cooper and Emily for recommending the film. Shout but yeah, out so Cooper and Emily. Shout, Shout out Syracuse. Out Syracuse University. Yeah, yeah. they're video art department. This week's yeah. sponsor. This week's sponsor, sponsored by Syracuse University. Um, and I chose it because 
uh it it's like a it's like a future film but like not in like in the way you'd expect it's a like it's like a future film but it's not really a sci-fi yeah it's like a future film but also like feels extremely like in the times but also in these times like it like it's interesting like because there's not really any futuristic elements of it at all and then also all the social problems just feel so like comprehensible or like they they they're so kind of like they seem so fitting with like our current like way the world works that it's like it's not even like hard to like imagine or anything that it confused me at the beginning yeah it's kind of like an alternate history movie too right Mm -hmm. yeah like it's i think it's kind of set in the time that it was made but just like the past is different Past is like yeah, sli- but slightly I just mean like... different. It's a little bit in the future from the time it was made, but it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, if there was uh, like a kind of socialist government in America instead, but a lot of a the socialist revolution, nothing would change basically. Yeah, is what the film depicted. Yeah, well, it's like a socialist government where like it 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 seems socialist in like name. But the same kind yeah. of like power hierarchies still exist. Like mm-hmm. governments are still elected uh, in the same kind of way. So like a lot of you know racial inequality and gender inequality um, are still very present. Very present. I said president, <laughs> but also president still bad. Well, yeah, because um, <laughs> it's like. But know. even I was trying to work even, my uh, misstep into a joke. Into political commentary. Yeah. Did it work? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. Even economic things are not solved. Yeah. Yeah, Because they're still like, they're talking about how, I guess towards the end, like at the very end, they're talking about how it's like, um, or like throughout, they're talking about how they don't want to implement these social changes that their like platform is built on until the economy is stable. um, Right. Kind of thing. And then talking at the end, they like, call their like socialist nation like a welfare state or it's like they're questioning it's like are we like actually a progressive social socialist nation or are we just becoming a welfare state right which is like an interesting thing like it's an interesting i guess like now looking back on it it's interesting that they're bringing up all these issues but they aren't separating like the idea or like they're not pointing out the idea of capitalism as being at the root of these problems they're not like looking at how like the economics of the time influence it they're more looking at like how um women and like socially like oppressed people can work within these capitalist systems and how like to raise people up through capitalism instead of like finding an alternative mode of government outside of it yeah and like also the idea that like i feel like a position that i sometimes find like leftist like white men taking is that like the whole focus is on the economic like part of leftist politics and it's all about like abolishing capitalism and like you know and um and all this stuff but and like economic reform but it's like they completely separate the social aspect to it and like you can't separate like economic and social politics like they're completely ingrained and so like sometimes that does mean that like even though like you know you have good intentions for like economic equality like you're not 
actually putting enough emphasis on social equality and so then women people of color queer people get do get left behind in those conversations so mm-hmm. yeah no i think it's a film that argues that like <clears throat> class inequality and race inequality and so on and so forth all go hand in hand right and it's like there's often in left leftist circles to to this day and i'm sure continuing on and on and forever is this debate between like should we be focusing primarily on like class inequality or should we be focusing primarily on race inequality uh it's this class versus race discussion that happens a lot and the the thing is it kind of doesn't i mean they go hand in hand right like it doesn't really you can't talk about one without talking about the other and trying Mm -hmm. to make this distinction is kind of moot and i think that's what the film is arguing it's like this version of america that they've uh shown in the movie is one that like has tried to tackle a class issue not really like there's still all these huge class issues within uh this state as well but they try to handle this like economic question um but it doesn't really matter like all the same problems are still going to exist yeah Yeah, because Mm -hmm. even with like this economic reform that they have in in the film it's like it's still within the institution of like white heteropatriarchy which is like even like if you like make these changes regarding like one facet of it like if you're not completely rebuilding and like like completely changing the entire system then like people are gonna get like lost behind because like you're still building it within the kind of idea of uh american society which is built yeah to oppress women queer people people of color so it's like all of these systems are like oppressive in like their history and in their like function so it, it it's like it i don't know it's, it's just the like, same- and it's, yeah. and it's the same people in this system that, like, control the capital. So exactly. it doesn't really matter. So it's, yeah. like, even if you, like, it's, like, oh, these, like, white men in power are, like, oh, we care about helping poor people. It's, like, okay, well, it's still just white men in power, like, speaking on behalf of everyone else's needs. Wait, I don't know where well, I'm going with that point. I don't know. Never mind. Yeah, here's well. The, here's the thing that. You can go, Seb. Okay, that I think is interesting is that the president at the beginning is black. And that's I think the mayor. there's a thing that's... Oh, he's just the mayor? The, yeah, he's the mayor of yeah. New York. The president talks at the oh, end, okay. and he's like an old oh, white right, dude. Oh, right, right. The president's the guy right, who's right. like, we want With to the glasses and everything. Yeah. women to do housework. <laughs> yeah, but that's a thing that I think is interesting, because I think there's a debate I see on Twitter a lot right now, like you were saying about like identity politics which is kind of like the derisive term for like uh, social politics. And it's like, oh, we can't be focusing on identity politics when it's like people can't feed themselves or whatever, which I think is kind of garbage. But then there's also a thing that I think has some merit to it, which is that people in power and corporations and stuff can kind of get away with a lot of shitty things if they put on this front of like, we're progressive and we're, putting you know people of color in in power in these kind of performative yeah, ways because this film is sort of made up of like two chapters um because like the first i guess the first bit of it or like the first like half of it is a lot of just like 
discussion and you get all these different sort of like feminist parties or like women's liberation groups or um like female vigilante groups all talking about how they want to like um how they want reform in the government and in the state and in society with the treatment of women um and the treatment of like the oppressed um but how they all see how they all want to tackle that oppression in different ways and how they all want to like create reform in different ways and how all their reform looks different and what they believe as like an egalitarian state looks different to all these groups and then the second half is um after like this big event happens which we can talk about later how they sort of all come together and realize that although they have divisive like um like although they're the minutia of the problem um is like different to all of them they do ultimately have to work together to create the most effective goal or they do have to like have like they have a louder voice like united um but that's sort of like where it starts with like the identity politics i see like with the um like the editor's room those three they're like three like privileged white women who show they're always talking about they're sort of like representing like the liberal corporation almost where they're like well we should just like you can't have progress right away you can't like expect big Mm -hmm. things happen you have to just wait it out and what we have now is better than what we had before um, which I think is like a lot of what's happening right now with like Definitely. liberal politics. Mm-hmm. And well, that yeah, converse. The... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Um, you go ahead, Hannah. Go well, there's that scene where um, Adelaide, she's the sort of the. I don't. It's not if she's the main character, but she's like. She's the closest to the main. Yeah. Character, I think. Is she, is that her mother? She's speaking to that woman. Like, who's I'm, the woman? She's she's I like her. Think so. She's like a mentor. Well, when they're speaking and she's talking about yeah. how there is so much division amongst all these different, like, women's kind of groups. And then the woman is, like, talks about the metaphor of, like, you know, what is scarier to the people in power, like, one unified lion or, like, uh, like thousands of, like, mice. And, like, mm-hmm. the yeah. idea that, like, yeah, we, like, could all just come together as one, but, like, we all do want to dismantle this in some way. Is it not scarier to like, I thought that was really interesting. And like, yeah, would you, would you that, say that, that like that is somewhat of like a thesis of the film or like, do you think that the ending where people do kind of unify more um, like, is it like contradictory of that? Like I, I just, I thought that was like a debate. pivotal scene. Yeah. I think it's debating what's better. And I, I think that it ultimately, maybe this is just bringing in my own bias, but I think it ultimately states that like uh, both are good, like either can be good and Mm -hmm. like either can have change. And like really it's just the idea that like all protest is good protest. And if we really get like hung up on the the manner of doing, Mm -hmm. uh, it can often just like detract from the actual doing. Um, and I don't, I don't know if the movie strongly states what's better, but I think that it's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't the, doesn't the older woman come down on the side of like a hundred rats? She's like, yeah. it's actually harder to fight. She certainly rats. does. Yeah. 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 Which I just, I thought that was really interesting. Cause I mean, like, you know, something that like is very apparent, like in feminist discourse is that like, there's a lot of disagreement about. The way, and I guess it's like this with any social movement. It's like a lot of disagreement and a lot of theories about how you should approach this. And then like 
I do often find like myself just like wishing that people were all on the same page and you think like how effective would that be but I've I never thought about it from this other perspective of like even if we like you know there is a common goal but even if there's other like different ways of viewing it it's like yeah. that can be just as scary well it's also it like necessarily I, I, it was interesting yeah sorry no I just it was an interesting like uh perspective or like approach I n- I'd never heard um I never really had like heard it framed that way I um, yeah so I think that was like probably like that moment in the film it's like I guess this like the framework that and like the politics of the film we're discussing is already stuff that like I'm sure we're all fairly like um well versed in or like know a decent amount about and it's like I like also like know like a f- new affair about amount about it so it wasn't really like persuading like my way of thinking but it's like that moment um is sort of like the one where I like sort of like stopped and thought the most about like what that metaphor meant and sort of like yeah like that is like that's the one moment that I can like definitively point out and be like oh that changed my perspective after well, I watched the film like that same line. when I, when I was watching it like that is the mo- the scene that like just stood out the most to me that like because so much of the film is kind of just like it's it feels non-linear in some senses or it's like there's not really a clear story at first and then once this kind of starts ramping up like that scene just stuck out to me as like I was like this is important like this is we're supposed to be paying attention to this uh sorry yes to either of you well well that's a conversation that's happening now even in terms of like Black Lives Matter which is like a decentralized and like a organized it's not even a yeah, it's not a centralized organization. It's like there's various different like Black Lives Matter factions all across America and Canada and beyond. And there's always been a debate uh, in the like last six years since it's uh, started up that like, should this be a more centralized, like unified, like uh, approach and vision? Or is it better to be like decentralized? And I think like, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I think that like we can't treat... Uh, all social injustices as this like monolithic group and Mm -hmm. that we all like in various different places within various different identities in those different places that everyone kind of like is going to have the same ideas or same approach or same vision. Like it's, I think it's okay to be decentralized and to have all these different like people and groups fighting for different specific things in different places. Um, Even if it's like generally along the same kind of like, trajectory mm-hmm. yeah there's one thing i guess is maybe slightly shifting gears but just like i thinking about the protests which i think is like impossible not to do when watching this movie i thought it was one of the most interesting things about this movie that's very different from most movies i've seen is that the politicians are putting on a performance of being progressive mm-hmm. in a way that's feels like very accurate and I just kept thinking about how like when the protests were happening uh you know some police departments like uh you know were reformed into something else or people were like they're creating like highway patrols that are unarmed or something but a lot of the changes were things like painting Black Lives Matter on the street or like renaming army bases or like like all these like tiny things meant to like placate people yeah and i thought this movie kind of captured that well yeah i I guess that's like 
I was just gonna say, I guess that is like sort of like the crux of this movie is that it's like the social reform that they're living under isn't actual reform. It's just all these tiny actions meant to like placate people, which is like they talk about it at the end when the like um, editors group sort of finally comes around to understand sort of like Adelaide's mm-hmm. mission where they're like a s- true like socialist democracy is not what we're living in a true social socialist democracy doesn't settle for what's good enough it keeps undergoing necessary changes because you can't just like as people change and as the world changes our like needs for equality will change and and i think yeah but i I also well i i just think that like uh it's easy for a company or for a government or whatever like say like nike to make like an ad that has vague statements about racial injustice or for the NBA to paint like Black Lives Matter on the court or whatever. But if we're talking about the intersection between class and race and you know class inequality and race inequality, it's like, of course, the, those brands, those companies are always just gonna put on like a statement that vaguely says something about racial injustice because they don't wanna point the finger at how like that is interacting with uh capitalism with the dangers of capitalism because then they're pointing a finger at themselves and then it's like they're you know hurting their own interests so it's like of course they're always going to just say like black lives matter but okay like you're what do you you're part of the problem well like when nike did put out their black lives matter statement like i saw people being like wow this is great and i was like right but like they're also a company that like has such a long and awful history of like human rights injustices with like the treatment of the people who make their garments that it's like it's impossible to read that statement as anything more than like a political like charade because it's like they're they they understand who their client bases are and they understand that like as a company like they need to give off like a certain type of politics here in the west but it's like they if they actually held those values true they would reform the entire way that their company operates and like they'd have to they'd have to dismantle the whole thing which they're never going to do no so it's like i this is just doesn't mean anything to me because it's like like it yeah it's like you you can't stand up for one human rights and justice while completely like ignoring the rights of like other people and like stomping all over them without just like seeming completely full of bullshit which they are and also um not going back to something you said Nara which I'm oh you talked about how like yeah they're they're talking about how like true social like like democracy like social uh, they they wouldn't like settle and i think it is really telling that like the film besides the fact that we're keep being told that this thing happened 10 years ago and something happened other than that you would have no idea that it's supposed to take place in this other well like it looks exactly Mm -hmm. the same um all the systems like it still has cops the fbi um the exact same kind of like governing and so it's like I think that that is really telling where it's like really easy to like put a label on yourself and say we're adhering to this kind of like uh, principle or these kinds of politics. But then like if nothing has actually changed over 10 years, it's like, well, the fuck does that mean? It's just cosmetic. 
it's yeah mm-hmm. and like i mean like our political system the system in the u.s it's like it's so like surface based it's like especially like with liberal politics it's just like yeah yeah i thought it was interesting nara what you said about how that's like that was like the one scene where you felt like kind of the movie taught you something because i think what's interesting about the movie is that it's never feels like it's lecturing you even though it's just people talking about politics yeah because there's Mm -hmm. just so many different perspectives and like they'll somebody will be saying something and then a scene will kind of contradict what they're saying and then like like there's so many it's not just trying to lecture you on like one point which i think is good yeah Yeah. well i i think that's kind of like like why this film like holds up so well like it's kind of like terror like i don't know if it's terrifying i think it's just like of course like it just like says um like about the importance of the film but that's like it's weird that the politics like and the rhetoric still holds up so well and is so like Mm -hmm. relevant but that's also like another reason why i think even if the politics weren't as relevant now still as like a learning tool like as a document it's still relevant because it's not telling you how to feel on any of the issues of course it does take a stance which is like um like it's just like a feminist like viewpoint and it's like about like the liberation of oppressed people and how like it is like a white like patriarchal state that is like the oppressor but beyond that it doesn't really have a viewpoint like all of the like it it shows you a variety of like female voices on like how they are oppressed in different ways and how they want to fight oppression in different ways and like a variety yeah of like ideologies about how you have to deal with that which is really interesting like the film really like it never feels like it's it's telling you who's right and who's wrong like in this like approach Mm -hmm. like especially towards the end like it and like i think there is something terrifying about it because it's kind of like it's so easy to get caught up in and like hopeful about like exciting changes in politics or like oh this candidate like talks about this and like it's really excited to be like oh if this thing just changed and like i don't know having a film where it's like something that a lot of us want which is a more socialist governing system like is supposedly in place within the film and nothing changes and it's like it kind of gives you almost like a healthy dose of like cynicism which like I don't want to be cynical but it's also like it I think it is very helpful to remain like like skeptical about like promises Mm -hmm. being made to you by politicians especially like ones that still follow within this like traditional like system I suppose I I don't know Uh, yeah 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 I completely agree with what you guys are saying like and 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 I think that like that's ultimately the if there is one message of the film it is just to like not be satisfied with change Mm -hmm. like with any change that does occur it's like continue to fight continue to question power um because i agree with what you're all saying like it it is one of those great films that like uh eloquently like understands and articulates like different viewpoints and 
if it doesn't make a clear like track forward that's that's fine it, because it's it's presenting options and really mm-hmm. the only track forward is like to keep fighting and i think and that that's cool like i see a lot of films where it's like they skirt saying anything because they're like we're just starting a conversation we're just like Both presenting sides. a problem yeah it's like there's you know but it's like okay but you're not you're not really doing anything like just by bringing up something and not exploring any element of it, even if you show both sides, it's like, well, what's the point? But this film like does show different angles um, in more complexity than simply like, yeah, we're just bringing something to the forefront. And I, I appreciate a film like that. And also, like, but I, I think, oh, so, oh sorry. Hannah. No, just like the idea that like social change, like that has occurred in our history, like, it's easy for us to go, oh, this happened because of this event on this date and then everything was better or whatever. And it's it right. what it kind of does is show like there is no one like specific political group or specific political event that changed the course of history, right? Like it is people with maybe a similar goal but different ways of doing it. And it's like going at it at once in their own ways and like continuing to make that noise it's like you know like you you can't you can't credit any kind of big change to like a singular date in history really it's and so that was really interesting because i think movies like to go and then this day happened and then things (laughs) changed from there and it's like well actually like it's not really how that's just wanting like a clean narrative well, exactly, and this, this film is, the world. does not really give you a clean narrative. It was hard to follow, and, like, at first I struggled with it, but I, I got into it when I kind of accepted that, that, like, what it was trying to do. I said, and I had to stop, like, 20 minutes in so he could summarize what was happening to me because I was just a bit confused. But I appreciate that now, especially because it's such a political film, and, like, I think if it took a really traditional narrative approach, it would not have the same power. Yeah. I realize we never did a summary corner, except yesterday when we were watching the movie. But also... But I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> yeah. I think... But I was going to say on the perspective thing and, like, uh, the starting a conversation thing, this movie never goes, like, oh, the government's trying its best, which I think would yeah. be the, the fatal thing. It kind of, like, it... I think the central question of the movie is like, how do we fight for social progress? And then every conversation is on that topic. Mm-hmm. And it and it's not like, you know, there's no one who's going, everything's fine. I also... And that's enough. I also appreciate that, although it does it briefly and it is sort of as like a plot device, it does open up the discussion of like women's liberation and of like... um, Like the fight for justice about like the discussion between violence versus nonviolence mm-hmm. um to a more global perspective and how it doesn't like yeah i just think it's like that was cuz i think a lot of like dystopian films almost have this very like western view or it's just very much centered on the dystopian and like wherever it was made yeah um where this like opens up that perspective a little bit and shows it's like oh this isn't just like a problem in like one place this is a problem everywhere and this is like Mm -hmm. yeah i think like it was just like very i think the film could have still been successful if it hadn't brought that perspective into it but i think it just like shows that this film 
or like the filmmaking was a little bit more in tune and was like considered quite thoughtfully well it does better like a lot of these kind like future films it's like the world buildings even though they're always like there seems like this vast world it is kind of limited beyond like this western experience and like you do wonder like what is happening like across the ocean from from you i guess it's like really insular so it is interesting Mm -hmm. to think about like especially if you're going to set it in like the states like the states does have this influence over the rest of because they like they push themselves on everyone that like I don't know. It's interesting. You have to kind of consider how that would affect like its international relations and like I don't know. Not for long. What? <laughs> Fuck <All> America. Right. <laughs> All right. They're an embarrassment on the global stage. They're not going to have the same power 20 years from now. You got to hope so. Unless they something happens, which it could. Got to feel bad for their people though. I yeah. yeah. I do. I mean, they're all victims. Like, I do feel bad for the American people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, definitely a good thing if they're not, they don't have the influence that they've had. Yeah. yeah. The government. I mean. Should I cut out me saying fuck America? No. I think that's fine. It's probably I just fine. Why right? to specify that the country confused. going through this pandemic yeah. and whatever, it's not the people's fault. It's not, oh, it's not America as like individual people and people living there it's america as like this monolithic representation to the rest of the world Mm -hmm. yeah it's america Mm -hmm. as a state i mean i'm not talking about the people the people are the victims yeah no i i knew i knew you were i just wanted to make that and i also i don't think anyone here is like nah actually i'm pretty keen on the american governing system it's pretty (laughs) sick but i've also just seen things like like there was this famous tweet of this woman who is like a progressive liberal and it was like the article was like uh covid cases uh you know explode in kentucky or whatever and it was a red state where the governor had said that it wasn't a big deal and then it it was people kind of like gloating about that and it's like what are you really like yeah what are you really you're celebrating that people are dying because the government failed them yeah you know well it's and i know that's not what you were doing i just wanted to specify yeah that's not what we're doing. Of course no. not. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, that, that, you know, that's kind of something we talked about on the Idiocracy episode mm-hmm. where it's like people do like create this division of good or bad that's like very fucked up. And that even if like, I don't know, it's like sometimes I'm questioning who are people fighting for? Like, even mm-hmm. if you are a seemingly progressive person, but you still look down upon other groups of people, like even look down upon like Republican voters or whatever. It's like, well, yeah. well, what are, I don't know, what are you really fighting for? Well, also, it's like, like, who we should look, like, who we should have anger towards is the people who are manipulating, like, their voting bases to vote against, like, their own self-interest. I feel like a lot of the, like, that's how populist, like, uh, politics kind of work is they're really trying to appeal to people who like to like need someone to promise them we're gonna give you all your jobs we're gonna do all this thing we're gonna make everything better or go back to the old ways that you're used to and who've had like no other kind of reference of experience outside of that and like so it's like yeah the people like fuck american government government like fuck 
like the American right and also like you know but like not like the some of the voter base there are definitely people that are shit people but they're also shit people on the left I'm not saying all people but I'm just saying I think a lot of people do <laughs> fall victim to like just populist like rhetoric um because mm-hmm. it works and it's like especially if you like are living like in a rural like poor like area like in a red state where it's like you're not being exposed to any other outside ways of thinking like no one's telling you to look at these people critically so you're not going to anyways Mm -hmm. i don't know where i'm going but just maybe i mean we don't really know that about them no i'm just Mm -hmm. i just mean like if you grew up in like a really small like right-wing community where like most people also don't go on to secondary education which is where a lot of people are exposed to new ideas like and then you've been told your whole life that the most important thing is like that people keep their coal mining jobs for example and you're told that liberals are taking it away because climate change which is you're also told isn't real and then a populist uh speaking like and a frozen politician comes in oh i'm frozen you're unfrozen good now oh Never mind. We can just. I missed a bit can, of that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel like I'm just repeating things that have been said by other people a million times. Yeah, um, but that's what. I, yeah. Also, but like on that topic, like that might have been like, I don't know if there's space, like if or if it's really necessary to the narrative of this film or to the message of the film, and maybe Lizzie Borden like explored it a little bit through the sort of like, um, publication team, but it would have been interesting to see sort of like a group of women or to like even have one perspective from a woman who is sort of like I'm scared of like fighting this fight because this is the best I've ever had it and what if it like is worse after which I think is like a lot of like what a sort of like not a lot of it but that is part of like sort of what a populist rhetoric does is it's sort of like you're better now than you were before or it's like you could go back to how it was before because it was better and it's like the idea of risk is not there. It's, like, taking out the risk factor. I definitely think that that's a big thing with, like, some more, like, centrist, like, politics, especially, like, like, more centrist feminism where it's, like, women who are in more comfortable positions where, like, they do have to deal with, like, the shit that all women have to deal with every day, but it's not as bad as it could have been. Go, well, Mm -hmm. why don't rock the boat? And I think they explore that a bit with the newspaper editors, too. Like... Mm-hmm. it's like also like i got a lot of shit from like older feminists who've had to go through worse telling us basically to like stop complaining because we've got it so much better too like there is this idea of like things are we've done enough work things are as good as they're gonna get let's just like chill out which is not great mm-hmm. yeah you guys know who plays one of those newspaper editors Catherine bigelow that's strange but yeah she's... she's never she never acted but she was a part of like that uh i guess the new york art filmmaking yeah, she, scene she's friends then. with lizzie borden that's why she was in it that's cool i was like through the whole movie i was like is that her i was like no that doesn't make sense and then in the no, credits is this so whack funny. actor avenue is that what yeah she Catherine was bigelow who now makes <laughs> films about the army <laughs> who now makes some of the worst movies ever made but also Zero point break detroit 
Point you think break, Zero Dark Thirty so is one of the no, worst? No, Zero Dark Thirty is not one of the worst movies I've ever made. That's dramatic. I really it was one don't of like Detroit the at hardest all. films I've ever tried to sit through. Like I just, could, it was unbear. Like I struggled watching it. Catherine Bigelow, go back to making like genre pieces. Please just please. make yes, Point Break please. two, two, two point break. <laughs> point Break is. I mean, Point Break is one of my favorite movies. Near Dark's amazing. Masterpiece. Near Dark. And now it seems like she Stranger just wants days. to make these ultra serious things that are really bad you know what that's fine people really can grow bad. and change actually you know what i kind of like her locker and make new content but yeah i don't know it's just nice when people make fun stuff too but i, I do feel <laughs> like my favorite thing about Point Break is how serious it feels sometimes. Like, it's so silly, it's so but it takes serious. such a serious <laughs> approach, which makes it, like, a fun... It makes me like it. I appreciate it there. I just... I've never been drawn to war movies that I don't see yeah, myself I'm just, watching. Like, I, like, war movies are... I, I just rather not. You like, think Point I, Break takes itself really seriously? Oh, my God. My favorite thing about Point Break is that the script like it could have just been like a whatever movie like the script is silly and it's like also like does feel like very kind of like like male driven like stereotypically speaking but then the filmmaking is so beautiful and romantic and the relationship (laughs) is so like intense between the two of them and it has so it just feels almost like campy because it's silly but it's taking itself seriously and i love it it's melodramatic. It's brilliant. That's cool. It's it's operatic. Point Break. I love it. Yeah, Point Break. Good. You know, do you guys know who else is in this? In his first credited role, Eric Bogosian, the brother from Uncut Gems, is like the guy who they take hostage at the end at the TV station. Oh. Great. And, uh, surprising. He's always getting taken hostage. Great debut role. <laughs> what else is he in? Wait, sorry. Who is he in Uncut Gems? The... He's the brother-in-law. Like the... Oh. Uh... Spoiler, I guess. The the guy he owes money to. I don't really know a lot That's about the lightest him. I think they kind spoiler. of... Spoiler. You could have you could have told that in such a more spoiling way. Well, it's a, it's a big reveal that they're related. Oh, yeah. Or that they're... Yeah, I guess it is a reveal. I haven't seen Uncut Gems. Hey, it's definitely a reveal. Oh, Nara, I think you would like Uncut Gems. Would I? Yeah, I, think I would. tried to watch... What's the other one? Good Time? Good Time? I tried to watch that and I couldn't. It just made me really anxious. And I was like, I don't... No. Okay, you might not like <laughs> no, it. Yeah, maybe no, you won't like Uncut I'll Gems. Say, like, good Time good, is so Good Time is like, like much harder to watch. Like, Uncut Gems is something I could be... Like, I could watch again. Whereas, like, I don't think I would... It's not that Good Time was bad, but it's not something I really want to watch again. So I think Uncut Gems feels yeah. a bit more... Ex- like, I didn't feel as anxious in it, personally, because in I good- think the characters yeah. are more endearing, too. Like, you follow... I don't know. Mm. I would recommend- In Good Time, I kind of just, like, feel really sad for everyone that Robert, Robert Pattinson, like, whose lives he ruins. Yeah. Like, I just feel really, really bad for everyone. Uncut Gems, yeah. it's not it's not quite like that. No, like, in no. Uncut Gems, you're, like, stressed out by the protagonist, but it's easier to, like, you're not, like, 
it's not like you're like this guy yeah, wrong. Not like, you're not traumatized but by you yeah. do you do root for him because there's this like you understand the thrill where it's like good time it's just like i'm watching this horrible person do horrible things to people and i want him to stop which is yeah hard. poor poor barkhead abdi i still think about oh that. my god that's yeah that's so the one that guts me the most to me. Yeah. yeah but yeah yeah, I'm not gonna watch Good Time. I don't think. I don't think I'll finish it. I watched like 20 minutes, and I was oh, like, "This yeah. is enough." But I think of you as someone who's able to watch whatever. I would. I could. I could. Maybe I'm wrong. I would say of the two, watch Uncut Gems. No, I, I thought you were hardcore. Yeah. I'm sorry. The frick. <laughs> sorry. I mean, you're wearing a hockey jersey right now. I thought you were like, <laughs> you know, gonna bash no. some skulls. <laughs> I'm just a poser. It's okay. We all. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, oh, fun fact that I also learned about this movie. The actress who plays, um, like, Zella Wiley, like, um, Adelaide's mentor, is an activist. Mm. Oh. Mm. Florence Kennedy. I assumed that a lot of the people in it were real activists or musicians. Yeah, most of them. I don't think there's, like, a single, like, actor in this, like, professional. There's there's a couple. Can I say the only other person I recognized? Wah. Yeah. There's like, this is probably not interesting, but there's a creepy guy on the subway. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. He's this actor, Mark Boone Jr., who's like, in a lot of movies as a creepy guy. He's the guy that Batman hangs upside down in Batman Begins. Oh wow! He, he yells Good at him. Eye. He's in. He's in. That could actually be movie. the same character. He's my favorite movie. Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, he's in Too Fast, Too Furious. He gets tortured by the rat. Oh my god, he's the that rat scene, policeman? That really weird scene. He's the yeah. rat policeman? <laughs> wow. He's always playing corrupt cops and stuff. Wow. He's just kind of a gross-looking guy. <laughs> no offense. Good actor. Hey, can, I, can I circle back to something Hannah said before that I, I also really like when? about the movie? Yeah. Which is just like... Uh, I suppose like the aesthetic and like formal values of the the movie that like in a movie that is so anti-establishmentarian it really does take like this this DIY uh approach to filmmaking um in its aesthetic it's not trying to look really polished it's not trying to look mm-hmm. like these really formally composed shots or really carefully composed shots it's like very on the ground and and yeah, I just like that. I mean, that's usually why I like like a DIY aesthetic in general, um, because I think like inherently it's kind of anti-establishmentarian in approach. Um, but it also is great when it's paired with a film that thematically is very anti-establishmentarian. Um, yeah. And I think that's with the with the form, like with the structure of the movie as well. Like Hannah pointed out earlier, like it's not really a straightforward narrative. I would say like the inciting incident happens like an hour in. When, happens uh, ten years before the movie starts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, sorry. Which which one? Or maybe oh, I'm messing up the timeline. But when uh, she's killed in prison. Yeah, when Adelaide dies in prison. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Like and- that. Ha- I mean, I guess that's not like the inciting incident, but like that feels like when the plot of the movie really gets going. Otherwise, it's kind of like just explaining where we're at and having conversations about like the current state of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm the current state of America. So yeah, I just appreciate all that. And I think that like, that's, that's a really cool approach. Uh, and it matches with the theme of the movie really well. Well, like mm-hmm. the first half, like half of the film kind of felt like an art installation to me. Like it felt like a photography 
kind of like series like the way it's shot has a really kind of like documentary like photography style that I love like Mm -hmm. I'm that's my favorite kind of photography and I know it's this isn't photography but like some of the shots like I, I yeah I really loved the way they looked um and it just I don't know it made me feel like I like went to like the Whitney to see like some kind of like exhibit about an activist movement and like and it had all their like like I don't know why like it's just something about it like felt really like cool I like that yeah like it was document and I think that's part of like there's a really documentarian kind of style to it that along with kind of the DIY low budget like it really feels like someone's home videos um Mm -hmm. like and then a narrative like comprised of that which it was hard to follow at first but I also do think it established an interesting world building and it's like I think if I saw this as an exhibit or like part of it as an installation, I'd be like, I would have immediately been more excited about it, but I needed a second to get into this because it, it did, it was different from what I'm usually expect out of like a film that's supposed to be a narrative fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if it was a traditional narrative movie, the budget might've felt like it was limiting in some way, but in this way, as you guys have already said, it, definitely enhances it it feels like you're watching what's really happening and i think the power of its messages would be like they wouldn't read as well because it really like got like their actions become very like extreme and i think that like i think it would be hard to do that from like this sort of objective standpoint where you don't really feel like you're being told what like one thing or the other if you did take on a traditional narrative style like it's more like you're just seeing mm-hmm. what they escalate to rather than like going over like what does this mean and is this okay and like all those questions it, it was really interesting right yeah right it wouldn't have space for like the conversations to breathe in the same way yeah mm-hmm. yeah i also feel kind of like they're stopping the narrative a little bit i think it's interesting that this film has like so much like discourse and like dialogue and probably like a good fifteen minutes of it is just like montages, mm-hmm. um, which is so interesting. The most, to me. the most casual shot of a penis I've ever seen. Yeah. In <laughs> it was a yeah, pretty was like, shot, well, though. It was nice. like like I thought all the good shots shot. were really nice. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I think it looks great. I, I I just mean like, it's it's pointedly not trying to look like polished. Yeah. yeah. Also, like boobs can be shown so casually in like arty movies, and it's not like I watch movies and I'm like waiting to see some like random penis. But it's like sometimes it's nice to go, haha. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you? Was that your reaction? No, but I, I was just like, I never. I maybe I don't it's watch a, enough like arty movies, but I feel like. <laughs> Sometimes it'll be like a guy just like shows like boobs in a movie because it like looks nice and you're like, okay. And then so it's nice to just like see like a really beautifully kind of framed shot of a dick and you're like, why am I being shown this? Oh, it looks nice. And you're like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not in like a voyeuristic way. It's just like, it's it's like, haha, there you go. The tables have turned. The tables have turned. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, One kind of stray thought that doesn't have much to do with anything. I just thought it was interesting. So when they're putting up the posters, like warning about like the dangerous guys, 
was like, oh, that's like the 80s version of like the call out post. Yeah. Right. It's like mm. there's no way to spread <laughs> that information besides just putting up poster with the guy's photo that says destroy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think also I that was interesting. But I also I think that is like the 80s version of a call out post. But I think that action in the film is very telling about like the point that these people have been pushed to where it's like. They are just doing this out on the street where anybody could come harass them about it and they can't escape mm-hmm. it. Where it's like, if you post something on social media, not everyone can do this, but there is more of like a disconnect where it's like you don't have to see that person face to face. You're like more like hopefully more often than not, you're you're not going to be immediately physically harmed or there's mm-hmm. like less risk of immediate physical harm. So it is like sort of does show like, um, like the point that these women have been pushed to. And mm-hmm. and there's, I think, more ways to be anonymous and whatever and reach more people mm-hmm. in a way that you couldn't at that time. Yeah. And I think like, um, I remember someone on Twitter when there was like a lot of call, call out and like cancel culture debate was like, um, all of this is a result of institutional failure. Like if women were actually protected from these things, then they wouldn't like feel like they have to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, you get all heavy. I just thought that was a that was a really interesting shot. Yeah. For just like like a brief, you know, montage. Oh, it is. Yeah. It, rem- like genuinely, this movie really reminded me of like going to art galleries in New York because I I went to the Whitney's like history of like. You've been to art galleries in New York. Ooh, Whoa. fancy! That's pretty sick. Okay, well, <laughs> hey, I've caught. I said that's sick. <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't trying to be like, oh no, yeah. I just, um, I'm jealous. I just like I went to the history of protest, um, exhibit at the Whitney, and it was interesting, like looking like the types of like guerrilla protests and like guerrilla girls, like the feminist like art group, and like. Just like it's interesting to think about the way people had to mobilize within their communities before social media yeah. and before the internet. Um, and like how like, yeah, you would have to like actually like put signs out there and put shit in the newspaper and really like, I don't know. I was like, oh, shit. We're young. It's, never mind. It's weird. I mean, it's we just live in a totally different world in terms of like what protesting on the streets means now or making or like a mass demonstration means now like because if you wanted to get like a a million people to go out and like demonstrate to protest like 40 years ago it's like that might take years to to organize to coordinate like the million man march took like seven years or something it was like you know something like that now it's like you just make a post and a million people will go out on the street which like some people have argued that that makes it lose its power. Uh, I don't know. I think that all protest is good protest, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I don't know if I agree with that, but it is. It is just interesting. Well, you're also able to reach people that like. And before, if you were organized something like that, it's like you would go to certain like, like locations in certain areas where you know, like your community or like your people who are of the same political mindset of you are to kind of like get them like in like to reach out to them where it's like now people who like might not necessarily be in the specific places where you're looking can still see those things and like 
assemble people outside of just your immediate communities. Does that make sense? Like now yeah. on social media. I think I would just, yeah. yeah. You can reach, I just mean you can I think reach. it's just harder to like be like immediately disruptive just by like organizing that many people, which in the past, like being able to organize that many people is already kind of a disrupt disruptive act because yeah. that was so hard to even do and it happened so rarely. Now yeah. it's like, it's easier to just be like, oh yeah, they organized a protest. And like, if you're the people who are being like targeted, then you're not. Right. Like you can just be like, oh, well, whatever. It's easier to disregard. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I guess the challenge is just like, what are more ways that we can continually be disruptive and be disruptive in this new age of like easy mobilization? Yeah. Not easy, I like easier. I like when they go to people's houses now. Yeah, I feel like cool. I've seen that. I've oh, seen that, that more. And that's like, I, that is like a scary idea to me that someone would do that to me. And if someone did that to me, I would probably cave to whatever they wanted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's like, that's even like the thing that this, like that this one was talking about is like, as like issues evolve and as people evolve and as the needs of a community evolve, your modes of protest and your modes of like, um, and your modes of like, if you're like a government or like a community support worker, your modes of supporting your people have to change and you have to be willing to continually like learn. Cause that's like also something that they go through in the film where it's like their radio stations are burnt down. So they like adapt and put their radio station in a truck mm -hmm. or it's like they get cut out of the newspaper that they were editing. So they adapt and take over a television broadcast. Yeah. Um, so it is about, I guess so showing that like the people who hopefully will be successful in their fight are the people who are willing to learn and willing to like carry out this like um discussion with one another to like push the movement forward or push their like beliefs forward. Yeah. Do you guys think that pro protest footage was real footage? I thought it was impressive like it either if they staged that. Be. Because it's, like, larger scale than any anything else in the movie, but it looks like it could be part of the movie, yeah. which I think is a testament to how authentic a lot of the movie feels. Yeah. They, they had a $70,000 budget, so I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's possible that they did organize that for the film. Or, but I mean, like, the one, like, the one where the cops are, like, fighting. I don't oh, think oh. the one with the cops are. Yeah, I... I I but I th think that must be a real one. But it looks yeah. like it could be part of the movie. Yeah. I feel like the ones, though, where it's, like... I feel like where it's the smaller demonstrations, like the secretary strike or whatever. I feel like that mm -hmm. could have been mm -hmm. created for the film, but it could have also just been that, like, they... A real protest they filmed. And... Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like they were in the, within these communities, and they're like, we'll help you organize this protest if you let us film parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah. Should we slowly start to wrap up a bit? I Do yeah. Can I just point out? Can I just point out what happens at the very end of the movie? Yeah. They they that they blow, uh, <laughs> blow up. Uh, well, not all. Oh of yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I just wanted to point out that this episode is being released on nine eleven. <laughs> not intentional. We're. Uh, it was a coincidence. Um, why did why did you do that? <laughs> now the truthers I'm are going to come it out. for us. I'm pointing it out. It's true. That is true. That's, that is wow. happening. 
For a second, I thought you were going to go. This episode is being released on 9-11. Not. No, but it is. Tomorrow's 9-11. Tomorrow is 9-11. Yeah, 9/11. but I thought you were going to... I don't know. No, I'm not, I'm not making a joke. It's not funny. I'm just pointing it out. Anyway. Was this made after the bombings of the trade center? It was made after the initial bombings, I think. Yeah. What were the initial bombings about? I should know this. I looked this I up when the first time I watched it, but nineteen ninety three. Oh no, that would be after. Oh no, it was the fire. The nineteen seventy five fire is what I was thinking about. Okay, so it wasn't like a no. Wasn't as direct a threat as it obviously feels like now or even would have if in yeah. nineteen ninety five. Well, so it, what happens at the end of the film? The the ending of the film is they they blow up the like communication antenna on the World Trade Center because they are like doing all these guerrilla broadcasts on like pirate television and like pirate radio, and they don't want the mainstream news to start broadcasting something that will um, undercut their message. But yeah, they do effectively blow up part of the World Trade Center. I just thought that it was interesting. I don't really have a point on this, but I thought it was interesting that a lot of the movie, I mean, it is very like documentary style and news reports, I suppose, are like a a clear way to like get information across. But mm-hmm. I was just interested in how much of the film is like based around uh, the media and like how the media mm-hmm. is depicting this, this, this story. Uh, yeah. And then they, I mean, they blow up a telecommunications thing at the very end. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if no, I have a point. I just thought it was interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. I think the portrayal of the media is interesting because it's not like, um, it's not a flat informational thing. Like, you can't fully trust what they're saying, but it's also not like a RoboCop, like, propaganda yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's kind of like this thing of, like, they pretty much accurately report what's happening, but they just have this slight bent towards, like, a little bit of like oh b- both sides are like it's almost like the uh, media now. everything's okay <laughs> yeah no yeah. totally like it definitely has when a bias. he's like like when when they're talking about how the cops were sympathetic to the protesters cause right. over footage of them beating them mm-hmm. up like it's like that's exactly like like now where the cops kneel and then brutalize people like yeah. a few hours later guys i have to pee yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry okay should we say? Why don't you do you what? Want to say your score? Well, I'll wait till the yeah. Well, I'll um, my score. I feel it's hard to like judge this in terms of like whackness. I don't know because it's like clearly like <laughs> the movie's doing exactly what it set out to do. I don't think any of it's like bananas or like I'm not none of it. I'm like, why did you do that? So like, can I just? I think that's a. I I don't like this rationale where you guys are like the movie. I think the movie is going to be weird before I watch it, and no, then it is. No, so that's not. That's not what whack. I'm saying. I didn't know what the movie was going to be going into it. I just mean like. Oh, why are you lumping I, us all into this? I so. don't. You guys no, all do that. Can I speak? <laughs> just mean I feel weird giving it a high whack score because hey, Hannah, I'm on your side because it's an unconventional like narrative, um, and like because it's like DIY because that's what like it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. When I think of a movie being whack, it's kind of like a movie trying to do one thing and then being very strange in their execution of it. That's usually my Mm -hmm. approach where it's like here, the execution feels like, 
very thought out and exactly with what the filmmaker is trying to say. I feel like the the kind of things that feel less conventional are to the merit of the film. So for me, like, right. it's hard to go, like, I don't really know how to score it on whackness. So I might just give it a 2.5, like a medium. Because it's hard. I don't know. It's not like, I don't, I would never be like, this movie is whack. I, I respect your uh, scoring system. Um, for me, uh, I usually try to do it on like the basis of like, this is for all the people out there who are trying to tabulate and create the al- algorithm for <laughs> our whackness. <laughs> uh, I usually just think like how like unique does this film feel versus like everything else in the uh, in the scheme of movies that I've seen in my lifetime. And certainly I have not seen... Um, every movie but uh like just how different like is it what is it trying like is it trying something really different and unique and whatever and uh i think this film is like it's pretty like formally weird and different and i mean i've seen this aesthetic plenty of times before but like i said before i think it's married so well to the theme that like you know i gotta give it big props um and i think this film presents a unique new york Sorry, did you guys not hear me? I heard you. you. Think this film <laughs> presents a unique New York. So I can't hear you over your fancy mic. So you're gonna have to repeat that about that ten, ten times, times quickly. Yeah. Ah, uh, we done the same New joke York. again. Unique New York. Okay. Anyways, Adam, what were you saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, and as we said earlier, like I think it is also challenging thematically in that it isn't just like presenting one idea and and. Um, and stop in there. Seb, you're stretching as if what I'm saying is so boring. Sorry. No, I just, no, I just woke up. What oh, you're really? Saying is, 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 well, we've been yeah. recording for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, but right before that. Oh. So anyway, with all that said, I'll give it a four. <laughs> four. Seb? Four? Four. Seb, what do you what? give it? Four. Okay, so what's the score? Bleep, 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 bleep. What about me? Wait, Nara didn't do I it. thought Nora said four. No, I was just saying four, like golfing. Oh, um, well, that's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna give yeah, it a point birdie. five because I don't think it's very whack. A point five? Point five? Oh, a half. I don't, like maybe it's just because I'm used to watching movies like this that are like. I don't know. I just don't think it's. You think it's like the least whack film we've ever. <laughs> yeah. What? The okay. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's, no, more, it, maybe it's like a one. No, do whatever you want. Rate it however you want. It's really hard to put on the whack scale. That's why I just put it in the middle. I'm uncontroversial. Because I'm, like, I'm like the. I think the wackest thing to me is just like how it's like the setup where it is like this dystopian future, but every like I think it's so smart for that. Where it's like this dystopian future, but we still because a lot of like sci-fi films and like futuristic films try to do that, where it's like, oh, it's this crazy future where things are changed and better, but then it's like we actually still have the same underlying social problems. Whereas this is like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a dystopian future, but it's actually just how we're living now, and we don't need like any big thing to like reveal these problems. Like these problems just are like inherently right. here if nobody tries to solve them. So I think like that might be the whackest point to me but i think 
like Hannah and everybody was saying, it's like the way that she went about making it made perfect sense, like for the content. Like the the form matches the theme well. So I don't know, maybe a one. Yeah, I respect it. I'm giving it a one. Yeah. All right, I respect your rating system also, even though I strongly disagree. Well, Adam, I for strongly record, disagree I with your it. rating system, so let's just all go home. But do you respect it? Oh! <laughs> um, I mean, I respect you. This is a crazy score, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Hannah. I respect you also. I would hope so. Thank you. <laughs> Guess does anybody want to does anyone take a whack at the score that the machine just spit out? No, I'm bad the whack o meter. Oh. Uh, what did you give it as a point five? I give it a one. Or a one. Sixty-nine. So divided by four. Six point nine. The number's only crazy because it's a two point eight seven five. It's like two point seven, right? It's two point eight seven five, which is the exact same whack score that Dune got. What? Wow. <laughs> so if you're if any you guys this... are weird, Dune a two point eight seven. How could this be the same? <laughs> I gave Dune really high. They're both whack in such different ways. So how can they be the same score? Because we have no actual guidelines for scoring. <laughs> so whoever is coming up, I know I love it. I love it with the equation for the to quantify whackness. I'm sorry, your job just got a lot harder. Yeah. With these last two scores. <laughs> Try to explain this one. So yeah. Um if you wanna watch a a movie that is somewhat whack, you could watch Born in Flames or you could watch Dune and they will be the same amount of They're whackness. Exactly the same. They are basically you won't be able to you can put them on side by side, two TVs, and you yeah. won't be able to tell the difference between I the two. I hear if films. you link up the audio of Born in Flames to the visuals of Doom, <laughs> it's the same movie. <laughs> and then it's an hour and a half of silence. <laughs> Dude, uh, well, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Is It Whack? Are we gonna do we want to do the new Bill and Ted? We talked about doing that. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Just no, do we it. can. I feel like we missed the window of it being really topical, but I still want to. Yeah, but cares? Yeah. And, we'll, and to be clear to the listener, we are not no going to go to a theater to watch it. We're going to watch it online. We're going to rent it. Oh, guys, I have to pee. Okay, thank you to Emma Kudlak for the uh, art, Ian Mills for the music. Come back next week. We're going to talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music, which I guess will conclude our uh, Whack Whack the Future series. Yes. All right. Which I don't know if we ever mentioned. Well, it's been going on forever. (laughs) Add Insomniac underscore fest on Instagram. Twitter. On Twitter. No underscore on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, figure it out. Just try some try some things. Combination of insomniac and fest on various social medias. Throw your phone in the and river. Like the movie right. ends. We are nah, I'm not gonna make a joke. Yeah, about no. That. We're just let's just goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Mom, get out. I'm doing a podcast.